0: Hello, and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 129. We're in a moment. We welcome another guest. Well, kind of. You'll see what I mean soon. That's in a moment, as I say. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here, and you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes today, we featured loads of stuff: mortgages, investing, wills, and powers of attorney and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time, we welcomed guest Ruben Wilcock of Blackfinch to discuss VCTs and EISs. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge of what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. Joining me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil.
1: John, you had me going there. I thought when you said there's a guest in the show, I thought, hey, it's it's got the wrong script. (laughs) See, I knew
0: last week, I saw your little eyes light up in Wonderment when Ruben was chatting about AI. I thought, oh, AI, AI. I bet Phil goes away and messes about with this. And sure Uh enough, here we are at episode 129, Financial Advice from Chat. GBT. Uh, this is like a report for The One Show. Let's cross now to our reporter, Phil, who's been looking into what the pros and cons might be for utilising ChatGPT in the finance industry. Phil, perhaps you can start by explaining what exactly it is.
1: Yeah, so so ChatGPT, or for the last week, I'd been calling it ChatGBT, but it's <laughs> that. Chat ChatGPT. It's an artificial intelligence chatbot developed by... It's called OpenAI. So AI stands for artificial intelligence. So it was launched in November 2022. It's still really in its infancy at the, the minute. However, this technology is moving on really quickly. And I can certainly see in the next few years it really developing and growing at, at an awful speed, really. Following its release of, of chat, GPT, OpenAI has got an estimated value of over 20 was it Billion, I think it was, which is just quite a staggering kind of yeah. number. At the minute, it's free, but come time, you'll end up having to pay for it. So, But it's really interesting and good interesting stuff to go through today. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm
0: thinking, whenever you get something like this, you want to ask who made it and, and see if you answer, it made itself. I'm packing up right now and moving to live off the grid <laughs> on a mountain. I swear this is the start of just about every sci-fi movie ever made. So who made chat gpt phil open ai
1: you say but who's that yeah well elon musk he was one of the co-founders behind chat gpt and one one of the things for musk it's almost like this is the quote of the week already but he'd said he's like it's both positive or negative and there's a great great promise great capability but he also stressed with that comes great danger so um <laughs> it, it it's really been interesting I, i've i've been on it like almost yeah, the whole of last week, but since we recorded the last episode, I've been putting things in, and some of the stuff that comes up with mm. has just been quite incredible.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't used it myself yet. I think I've got a rough handle on how it works. Maybe you'd like to explain further, though.
1: Yeah, so at, at the moment, it's still in its early stages, so it is still in in its infancy, but so just now it's free to use. There There is a, an upgrade to like it's called a plus version. I don't really know what that entails or what the benefits of that would be. But at the minute, I think they're just trialing it to, to kind of see how it goes. I would imagine at some point in time they, they would be charging people to, to use it. But to, to find it, if you just go into Google or any of the other search engines that come up, just type in chat GPT, and then you should get it coming up. You register, and then you can then start asking it to do things. We, we're about to sponsor one of the local bowling club leagues in Aberdeen. So what I did yesterday was I asked it to write me a press release about this. So I, I typed in something like, write a press release for Phil Anderson Financial Services sponsoring the Bonacore Bowling Association Fours League. So the, the more information you put in, the, the better results you should kind of get from it. Yeah. And honestly, the, the press release that it generated... I did have to make a few tweaks to it, but it was really just quite incredible. I mean, I, I could pay a PR company maybe a couple of hundred quid to do that press release. I was able to do it myself in about five minutes. It came up with a, a really good press release. I had to just change a few names, a few little bits here and there, but it was just quite incredible. I mean, in the last week, I've asked it to, to write me social media posts, you can ask it to write you a love song. I I even asked it to give me a script for a, a DJ on a radio station, <laughs> and I can send that to yourself. Yes, you did. It's just it's crazy. <laughs> it just is, and it, it's unbelievable. Some of the stuff it comes out up with. Mm. Do you know I what I discovered
0: on further investigation after we after you did that and, and sent me the script for a DJ, I uh, I had a look, and actually there's a thing called Future AI. It already exists. It's yeah. already there. There, there. You can actually do an AI DJ. So uh, I'm not going to give you, you know, how to find that or anything else. <laughs> I might have this actually cut out of the uh, the program after we finish recording it in case any <laughs> of my bosses find it. But, you know, it, it's there. It's the future and it's, and it's here now. Here's a big question for our show, though, Phil. Can it be used in financial planning? And if so... How exactly? I mean, you, you've taken it through a bit of a road test, haven't you? What did you ask it to do for financial planning?
1: Yeah, I, I went on and I, I asked it to write a financial plan and, and here's what I came up with. So it said financial plan and it gave me four steps. So, so number one was establish financial goals. Number two, create a budget. Number three, set up savings. And number four, invest. So... All, all pretty good stuff. And then it actually went on to a little bit more detail on, on each one. So, financial plan, first of all, establish financial goals. So, that, that's quite a lot of the things that I've said on previous podcasts. It's like you want to be clear in what you want to achieve with, with your sort of financial goals. So, it came up, it says, before, before beginning, any financial plan it's important to first establish financial goals. These goals should be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So that's the, the smart. So mm-hmm. we've spoke about that on, mm-hmm. on previous podcasts. So as example of financial goals could include saving a certain amount of money each month, paying off a loan or debit or a loan or debt, in a certain amount of time or investing in the stock market. So that's a pretty good kind of explanation of, of establishing financial goals. I mean, for, for me, I always think it's like, look, I am a very visual person. So I always say to folk, look, put photos of your goals and things you want to achieve. That works really well for, for me. But so the first part of that plan is, is pretty good kind of advice. The, the next bit went on about creating a budget. So it says creating a budget is an essential part of any financial plans. So again, I wouldn't disagree with with that. It says um, a budget should include all income and expenses, including fixed expenses, such as rent or mortgage payments, as well as variable expenses, such as groceries and entertainment. Using a budget will help to ensure that all income is being used responsibly. So again, some pretty good stuff in there. And a lot of that is stuff that we've kind of spoken about on, on previous podcasts. The third part was set up savings. So it says savings, saving money is an important part of any financial plan. It's important to set up savings account, either with a bank or another financial institution, to ensure that money is being set aside for a rainy day. So again, we've spoke about the importance of having emergency funds. It then goes on to say it's also important to make sure that a certain percentage of each paycheck is being deposited into the savings account. I suppose there, the, the one thing it's not doing is being specific about pensions, emergency funds. So I guess if you were speaking to a financial advisor, they'd be expanding on that sort of thing. And then part four of this financial plan that it gave me was invest. So it says investing is an important part of any financial plan. Investing money can help to grow wealth over time. So that that was quite a quite a good response that I got from it. Although again in in your for your own circumstances, you would probably be more Detailed with that. I then kind of went on to say, right, for investing, for example, where should I invest my money longer term? And this this is what I got. It said, the best way to invest for the longer term is to diversify your investments across a variety of asset classes. This could include stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, exchange-traded funds, real estate, and cash. Each of these assets can help to balance out your portfolio And protect you from market volatility. So again, we've actually spoke about Mm. diversification and stuff on on previous shows as well. And then it just went on to say, additionally, it's important to consider (laughs) your risk tolerance and time horizon when investing for the long term. So it really does cover quite a lot. I I suppose the, the good thing about speaking to an actual person is that they're going to go into a bit more detail, but it's really good for just some basic basics, but just for for giving you a
0: bit of a guide, really. Now, what I'm wondering, Phil, is: Are you going to use Chat GPT, or are you going to say yourself, "Okay, everyone, can you just come into the office, please? I've got something to tell you." You're all fine. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I know you tried it out to see if if I could be if I could be AI'd out of the show just for a laugh, or at least that's what you told me. When you sent me across that, I noticed tiny bits and bobs of things that I just wouldn't do. For instance, it started its blurb and it said. Hello, everyone. Now, I would never, ever do that. Golden rule of radio or audio, number one, as referenced by Terry Wogan when he was asked how many listeners he had to his Radio 2 show, and he replied, just the one, only ever one. So this right here is a one-to-one medium. That's what makes it special. They all listen to us as individuals, so we we don't say everyone. Now, if I'm picking up on subtleties like that from AI, doing a version of what I do, I'm going to guess you're, you're doing the same when it comes to AI financial advice, yeah?
1: Yeah, at at the minute, it's really quite general. There are disclaimers on there. So it does say it may occasionally generate incorrect information, may occasionally produce harmful instructions or biased content. And it does also say limited knowledge of the world and events after 2021. So there are kind of like disclaimers on there. One of the things with financial services is it's so heavily regulated. So it'll be interesting to see how they can cross that barrier's with the, the kind of regulations, that's that's something, because I know what it's like in our business, the, the Financial Conduct Authority, we've got so much things that we need to buy, buy and so much guidelines to to follow. So it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of pans out over time. But I, I guess with, with this sort of thing, the more information you put into it, the better outcomes it would suggest for you. But mm. I've, I've no doubts that the day is going to come when people can do... A lot of the things on there, because they, this sort of software and tools, it's it's amazing stuff. Like I say, that press release I did yesterday took me about five minutes, and and whereas if I got a PR company to do it, probably would have cost me a couple of hundred quid. So, and I would have had to wait probably a few days to to get it as well. In financial services, for years there, there's been what's called robo advice, and it's it's where the, the kind of theory is that people would go online answer a certain amount of questions and then your computer would make a recommendation to you and it's never really taken off like they thought it would or certainly not as yet but I do think things like this chat GPT I I can't see it really kind of it'll help I, I can see for my business it's going to be a real help for the next few years but then for us personally and here, it may take away a bit of what we do, but it's how you embrace it and how you can incorporate it into your, your business is the the kind of thing that excites me at the minute. But it will be interesting to see how it goes the next few years. Well, you've, I mean, you've you've already
0: knocked out uh, with GPT. You've you've already knocked out PR. So that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. that's that's a saving. Sorry, PR people. And you know, and then it will said that we're the bug in the network pro- programming. And by that point, Arnie will be well past it, and we're doomed. Phil. No, I, I tell you what. I, I bet it couldn't come up with a quote of the week, which we'll get onto in just a second. But first, it's a look at Phil's own life and how this week's particular topics impacted him. So, Phil, this week. Financial advice from
1: chat, GP, GPT. Yeah, I know. Like this week, I mean, I, I've been using it a lot over the, the last week. As I mentioned, I asked it to write me the, the press release, which was really pretty good, to be honest. And there was a few bits in there that I had to change. But on on the whole, the meat and bones of it was there or thereabouts. And one of the things I would say is I think it's got the potential to possibly replace financial advisors possibly at some point in the future. But one good example, if if somebody goes to a financial advisor, they might come in and want to look at their pension. But when they come in and look at that, if you were doing like robo advice, that would just look at the pension, for example. But when somebody used to come in to see me about that, you might find other ways that you can help them. So you might think, look, we can help you with inheritance tax planning. We can help ways that you can save tax. I don't know, there might come a day where they make that process as slick and it can cover stuff like that. But at the moment, I would definitely say knowledge and experience is is hard to beat. Um, I I also put in my my 18 year old son at the minute, he's thinking about possibly buying his, his first property. So I went on to chat GPT, and I put in what's the best mortgage for an 18-year-old boy in Scotland looking to buy his first flat. I should probably say 18-year-old man rather than mm. the boy. But it then came up with, with the following. So it says, as an AI language model, I don't have specific access to financial information or credit score of an individual. However, generally speaking, there are a few things to consider when looking for an 18-year-old first-time buyer in Scotland. So it was then quite quite good. So it then came up and it says. So the first thing it says, credit score. So the first thing a lender will consider is your credit score. As an eighteen-year-old, you may not have established a credit history yet, which could make it difficult to secure a mortgage. It's important to build a good credit score by paying bills on time, keeping credit card balances low, and avoiding any missed payments. So it's giving you a good bit of kind of guidance mm. sort of there. It, it then went on about affordability, different types of mortgage, the fact you get like fixed rates, variable rates. It then went on about the, the sort of deposits. They, they call it a down payment. So typically it says you'll need 5 to 20% of the purchase price, which again is is pretty accurate, really. But one thing it did go on to say, that the last two paragraphs it said mortgage advisor, It's always advisable to speak with a mortgage advisor or broker who can help you find the best mortgage deal for your specific situation. So I would say that is quite key here. Then goes on to say they will be able to guide you through the process, help you find the best rates and advise on any incentives or government schemes you may be eligible for. So again, it's giving you good, good information there. Um, overall, as an 18-year-old first-time buyer in Scotland, it's important to do your research and work with a trusted mortgage advisor to find the best mortgage deals for your specific needs and circumstances. So it is actually kind of like at the minute putting people to almost saying, look, you need to go and speak to an advisor. Um, but like I say, the day will probably come where they'll... They'll think, right, how can we make money out of this? And they'll, they'll probably try and do a lot of things themselves. But, I mean, just in the, the last week, I've used it to write business plans. I've asked it to write me a mission statement. I've asked it to give me training plans for for kind of working out. It really is quite incredible, all the, the things that you can do on it.
0: And all those things that you've asked it to do, that it's churned out, have you actioned them, Phil? Have you, have you accepted them and used them, you know, like the mission statement, the business plan? Are they are they worthwhile?
1: Can you can you proceed with them as they are? Yeah, I mean I, I asked it to do my social media post. So I, I typed, give me a a funny social media post for promoting pensions and it came up with something I thought, oh I'm gonna use that. So I posted it on LinkedIn or whatever and it, and it's just it is it's nuts. I mean it, the the good thing with myself is I know like we, we've got so many regulatory constraints, so I know what would be acceptable and what wouldn't. So I'm checking it to right, is that okay to post? Yeah, great, nothing misleading or or that. So I, I've got good experience, and I I know. Whereas if somebody didn't have that, they could go and use it and maybe get themselves in in bother. But yeah, it really is quite quite fascinating. Absolutely, and now time for Phil's quote of the week. Now I know you're a fan of inspirational quotes,
0: Phil. The question is. Is Chat GPT? I wonder. I wonder what's coming here. So, what have you got to uh, to suit our topic this week on financial advice from Chat GPT?
1: Well, I typed in "Give me an inspirational quote to <laughs> use on the UK personal finance show with Phil Anderson podcast." I actually came up with a Robert Kiyosaki quote, but when I went to click on something kicked me out of it. So I had to go back in. So I never managed to write it down, but it was uh-huh. quite a good one, the the one that had came up. So I, I typed that question in again and I thought, oh, wonderful, wonder if give me the same answer. And I actually came up with a different oh, quote. Okay. So the the quote of this quote of the week this week is actually from chat GPT. Um so it's attributed to them. Money doesn't grow on trees, but it can grow with time, effort, and wise financial decisions. Wow. Okay. That's a better quote than I could do. <laughs> I'm just <In> <laughs> Be
0: ready to be <laughs> annihilated, humans. Now, uh, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your queries. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details in just a second. Get with you after these. Hi, Phil. At the point interest rates started increasing, I was just coming out of my current mortgage deal and was about to renew when I noticed the interest rate I'd pay on a tracker coming out of my deal was significantly less than the rate I'd have to pay to go on to a fixed rate again. So I held off. Now, the rate's gone up every month, and I wonder if I'd be better
1: off signing up again. It's definitely worth having a look at again. Although the Bank of England rate went up recently, a lot of lenders' fixed rate deals have actually been coming down slightly, and that's because of what's called the swap rate. So that's basically the rates which lenders can buy money at. So that's been coming down Well, I have seen interest rates, even the the swap rates have gone up slightly in the last week or two. So some of the fixed deals are just starting to creep up a little bit again. I kind of feel sorry for mortgage brokers just now because the deals are bouncing about all over the place. and lenders, will be pulling products at quite short notice. Hmm. So I know for the mortgage advisors that work for myself, I really feel for them just now because they're having to put in quite a lot of work into things but the the good news is that a lot of lenders even if if you're trying to get a product transfer in a new deal from your existing lender if a better deal becomes available before you start on that rate most lenders will let you change to the better deal if one becomes available again your mortgage broker will be able to kind of keep an eye out on that and keep you right with things but um, not all lenders will do that but quite a number of them are at the minute which is quite good but definitely a good time to, to be reviewing things Next up, here's
0: one from Lindsay and Avi Moore, who wants to know about saving money on her mortgage, but has a more specific question. She's listened to some of our back catalogue, including the episode where we featured a guest talking about the, uh, the ways we could reduce our monthly outgoings on a mortgage. One of the options mentioned was extending the lifetime of your mortgage. So maybe add like, another 10 years onto it yeah. to make the monthly payments lower. What Lindsay wants to know is, can a lender deny you that
1: option and simply just refuse your request? They, they can, I suppose one good thing with extending the term is usually it's going to take the, the payments down. So the affordability would be better. But and, and to give you an example of when a lender might not do that, they, what they'll do is they'll look at your age and they'll also look at your planned retirement age. They'll also take into account their criteria for around ages as well. So, for example, if you're 55 and looking to retire at 65, you've maybe got a 10-year mortgage left to, to go, if, if they allowed mortgages up to age 70, they might let you extend that term by four or five years, but it would be unlikely that they'd let you extend it by, say, 10 years because that's then going to take you past that kind of age limit that they've got. Lenders will also sometimes look at the type of work you do. So if if you were uh, maybe doing like a hard manual job, they, they might maybe keen on you going past like your, your state retirement age because they might feel that you might not be able to do that work to... Like a builder, for example, they might think, right, you're not gonna be able to do that at age in your seventies as is maybe what you could have in your fifties or sixties even. So so lenders will kind they, they will consider it, but there can be occasions where they, they might not let you extend the term.
0: Okay. we would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far, and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Manish. Thank you for joining us for episode 129 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal finance community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or why not email Phil a question you can answer on a future show? His address is Phil at PhilAndersonFinancial.co.uk. That's Phil at PhilAndersonFinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. And as I say, Phil could be answering in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's what you would prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. you get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for
1: listening. Thanks, John. When you said, if you have a question, I thought you were about to say, look up chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to go on it now and say, like, any podcast ideas for next week?
0: <laughs> Listen, if it knocks out a couple, then let's, let's get them over there. Oh, that
1: was brilliant. Thanks a lot, John.